Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And the title of my message this morning is, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. So that's my title, and that's what we'll start with. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. Secretly. He didn't want to make a public uh, embarrassment to her. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about why it was so important that that Jesus not be fathered by a human father, but by the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had, has purity, um, brought the purity of God, brought God into this incarnate being, right? The incarnate deity, as one of the Christmas carols refers to him. Verse 21, And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. That is so profound right there. No one else could ever save us from our sins. No one else. No, no offerings. No other religious leaders in the world. No one can deliver us from our sins. As Peter said in Acts chapter 4, I believe it is, there's no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. No other name under heaven. So now we have this story of how this came about. It says, verse 22, Now all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And we find that reference in the prophet he's speaking of is Isaiah Isaiah 7.14 says that very thing. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That is what Jesus came to do. That's what God the Father fulfilled through Jesus, that his son would come to be with us, to be with us. And he was with us on the earth, wasn't he? He was with the disciples, those who followed him on the earth. Jesus is promise was not only to them but as for many as are far off that means many that would be born in the future that would receive christ and so to us he is with us in fact jesus said himself in john he said i will not leave you as orphans right in romans 8 it says he we've been adopted into the family of god we are now sons and god and, and daughters of god it was just incredible how can how can a human being be a son or daughter of god without divine working. And this was, on, this was on God's part. People oftentimes point their fingers at God and say awful things and what a tyrant he, he is. And I don't believe in him, but he's a tyrant. You know, that kind of double talk. But they miss the whole fact of what he has come to do for us and has come to do and that he is coming back. He's not leaving us orphans. So we can have be of good cheer during this Christmas season, can we not? Knowing as the world, the way the world is going and darkness covers the earth, we know that we have hope 
in Christ, if we've put our hope in him, if we put our trust in him. Verse 24, And Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took her as his wife, and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And what does Jesus mean? What is Jesus? It's from the word Joshua or Yeshua. What does the word Jesus mean? God saves, right? God saves. So here, even in his own name, he's saying, I'm here to save you. Save us from what? Save us from our own sin. Save us from the sin of others, from the darkness of this world. To, to, to as we sang in the, in God rest ye merry gentlemen, to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. We have a hope which is in Christ Jesus. Now, chapter 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. These are called the wise men, aren't they? The wise men. And it was a sect in probably in what is I, Persia or Iran or in that region today. Some people feel that, the, that Daniel, had actually when he was a captive, that Daniel actually started this, this, this group, I guess you could call them, of, of scholars. They were great scholars. And they saw his star. And probably some of you have heard about the Rex star. As they go back with computers and things, they can see what was known as the Rex star, and it was, the Rex is Latin for king, and this one star in the sky became very large, very bright and brilliant in the sky, and it was believed that several stars lined up and caused this great brightness. But they knew there was something significant about this. They weren't foolish people, and they knew there was something significant about this. They saw his star, and they had come to worship him, they saw his star and they'd come to worship him. Now stop, stop and think about that for a bit. If you saw this bright star in the sky and you watched that star and you gave, well, how would you know that there was someone being born to worship? But there's, a, there's, a more, there's much more to the story than that. But they said they came to worship him, the king of the Jews. Why the Jews? What was significant about that? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Why was he troubled? Because there was another king being born that would threaten him. And when the, the, the habit of kings would be to kill that other person. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them, where? where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judea. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And that's found in Micah, the Old Testament, 5, verse 2. Out of you, Bethlehem. Then Herod secretly called the Magi, and ascertained from them the time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. And when you have found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. Now Herod was an old scoundrel. You know, he was a very cunning, very wicked man. And he was trying to deceive them. 
Not going to deceive the wise men very well, very easily, would they? You have to get a little bit, uh, get up a little bit earlier in the morning than Herod probably did to put one over on them. And so, verse nine. And having heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. Notice this is child, not baby. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came into the house, it wasn't a stable at that time, it moved on from there, and saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. And opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned, which is symbolic of priesthood and death and and uh, kingship. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, and what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Out of Egypt did I call my son. So you see this amazing story of God orchestrating how he would be born into a human body, and how the devil, who was there to destroy the Messiah, was outfoxed. That's what Jesus called Herod, wasn't it? That old fox. He was outfoxed. He was outwitted. He was outsmarted by God himself, of course. And Jesus was in, taken down to Egypt. Now, if you, a lot of people say that. I just want to throw this in here because I think it fits. It kind of fits. A lot of people say, well, Jesus, Christianity is a white man's religion. Have you heard that? A lot of people say that. I, I see it all the time. But when we look in this, we see, first of all, that Israel is not, a, it's not in Europe. It's not a Caucasian country. Israel is actually in Asia. Do you know that? It's in Asia. It's in Western Asia, close to Europe, but it's still in Asia. And Jesus spent part of his life in Africa. He went to Egypt. Egypt is in Africa. And he stayed there for a period of time. So Jesus, if he was anything, and he was, he was an Asian, African. Just something to think about Some, next time someone challenges you with that kind of, kind of thing that they haven't really thought through. We had an Egyptian couple here that came from, well, family that came, oh, I don't know how many years ago, five, six years ago they were here, and I remember speech, preaching on that and saying, out of Egypt did I call my son, you know, and his name was Midhat. Out of Egypt did I call my son. So that was kind of fun to be able to do. So here's we have the story of what actually was happening. And now Luke, as we talked about last week, Luke gave us a very thorough account, didn't he? And he wrote the, the, the Christmas story, as we call it, from, from, from a different perspective, a little different perspective. And so we can put the two together and they both match, don't they? And Matthew adds some things that Luke didn't have and vice versa. So we have this, this amazing testimony of Christ coming. It wasn't just a mystical thing that happened, like the, like the Gnostics would say. 
It was a real happening. It was real people. He was a real person. Let's just pick this up for a little bit further here. Then verse 16, Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were born in Bethlehem and in all its environs from two years old and under, according to the time which had ascertained them from the rabbi. Or Magi, not the rabbi, the Magi. So they were looking for kids two years old and younger, all the males they slaughtered. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, that's that region, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. Who is Rachel? Who is Rachel? See, we, when we read this, it's very important that we understand, we study these things to understand who these people are and what does it mean by Rachel? Rachel? Pardon? She was the mother of Israel, right? She was married to Jacob, Jacob's wife. And Jacob's name was changed to Israel, wasn't it? And so this is what it's referring to. It wasn't the Rachel that lived at that moment. It was a prophecy that was speaking that something horrible was going to happen because of these children being slaughtered. Verse 19, But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he arose and took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judah in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he departed for the regions of Galilee and came and resided in a city called Nazareth. And what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled, he shall be called a Nazarene. So think about that, a Nazareth. He, so we would, the, they were looking for the Messiah, the priest, as Jesus aged and he went into his ministry when he was 30 years old. The priests were looking for someone who, was, who came out of Bethlehem, but yet it was hidden from them because they looked at Jesus as from, he's from Nazareth. How can he be the Messiah? The details they missed, the details that are hidden sometimes. God sometimes, oftentimes, hides, hides certain things to confound the wise, doesn't he? And he gives insight into what the world would call foolish or whom the world would call foolish. And so if we looked at that, we would say, well, why didn't he say, here's my birth certificate, I was born in Bethlehem. No, 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 no. It's because God is looking for people that will come to him against all odds. Why did, why did God say to, to Joseph, why, why, you know, this is always a mystery. Why was Mary? She was pregnant of the Holy Spirit. And it seemed like a great scandal, didn't it? But yet, it was God's doing. Why? God oftentimes offends the minds to get to the heart, doesn't he? What will we stumble at? So many people stumble with Christianity. They'll, use, they'll grab one little thing and they'll use that for a stumbling block, for an excuse to say, I don't believe because where did, where did Cain get his wife or Abel get his wife or, or Cain get his wife, you know, or some foolish thing like that. The good news is that God has come. He has sent his son. And we have a record of that. We have records of that. How he sent his son, how he came and 
in the in, as the incarnate deity, that is, as the deity that came into flesh and blood. And he gives us an opportunity to receive him as we are here alive, to receive him as our Savior, to receive him as our Lord. And the question always is, what will we do with this Jesus? Pilate had that same question when uh, time came, that Jesus was before him, before the crucifixion. And Pilate's like, what do I do with him? What do I do with him? I don't know what to do with him. What will you do with him? What will people listening, what will you do with him? Will you, will you, will you discount him? Uh, he's, yeah, he's probably, he probably was who he said he was. But I've got busy, I'm busy, I've got things to do in life. I've got things to go on in my life. Ah, but we miss the joy. We miss the great love that God has for us. We miss the peace that he gives to us. God has come to give us peace. God has come to give us joy. God has come in the flesh. Jesus, our Emmanuel, he has come to give us forgiveness. You know, we can look back. You know, When you're young, you don't always look at your sins, do you, so much? But as you get older, you can look back, oftentimes you look back and you have regrets for things that you've done or did or said or whatever it might be. But the good news is we have a Savior that's willing to forgive us of our sins. He's willing to give us a fresh start. How many need a fresh start? How many of your life has just been going on and you've been... Maybe you've been doing your best. Maybe you haven't been doing your best. Maybe you've been just going in life's flow. But Jesus has come to give us all. If we'll be faithful to him, if we'll stand for him, if we will give our life for him, he will do incredible things in your life. And I can say that personally because when I was a young man, I was, I remember in junior high, I was pretty lost. I was pretty lost in high school and even afterwards. Didn't have a lot to look forward to except things in this world and things I like to do. And then Jesus came into my life. I was confronted with him. I'd gone to church. I grew up in the church, that sort of thing. I had kind of an, I had an awareness of Jesus. I had an understanding of him, a little bit of understanding about him. Didn't really quite see how that all fit together. But when I came to know him, see, I had religion. I had some background. But when I came to know him and have a personal encounter with him, then I knew that I knew that I knew he was alive. I knew and I know. And you know, you might be struggling with, is he really true? Is he really real? But I have news for you. If you ask him to reveal himself to you, if you will look for him, if you will go after him, if you have doubts, find some books of people that have doubted as well. Case for Christ is a great book. Great book. Man did some tremendous research to help people, to, to, to convince, not convince, but to, to take an objective look at this Christ. Is he, did he come? Was he for real? Was he really God? And he did a tremendous job. What was his name? Lee Strobel, Lee Strobel, Case for Christ. So, if you're struggling or people are struggling online, I encourage you to read that book. 
Well, that's a little bit of the good news about Jesus coming. Isn't that great? That's why we can celebrate. That's why we have joy in our heart, even though sometimes circumstances, many of the circumstances around us would say, ah, there's no reason for joy in your life. But the Apostle Paul said he gives us joy, unspe it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. So be encouraged this Christmas season. Not only did he come, did he change our life, Will he change our life? Is he in the process of changing our life and giving us a new life? But he is also coming again. That time he's coming to judge the world, isn't, it? isn't he? And put things in order. And we can have the assurance of knowing him. Oh, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, that's what I wanted to share with you this morning. I hope that's encouraging to you to look at the scriptures. And I believe Jeff and... Gup, you have another song, I believe. Are you up? No? Okay. Just Jeff. Okay. Thank you. God bless you.